Hi, it's me, Owen. Welcome to Dadgum and Rikus. This is a movie about Toy Story 4. Well, no, it's a podcast, not a movie. <laughs> Welcome everyone to Dadgum and Rikus Review a Movie. I'm your co-host Luke Dadgum Petri. And I'm Gordon Rikus Strickler. Here at Dadgum and Rikus, we go out, we have dinner, we watch a movie, have a few drinks, think a little while, and then come back and talk about the movie we just saw. In the room with us are our wives, Marie and Tatum. Say hello, hello ladies. Hello. Hi. That was a butchering of hello, but we'll keep on with that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have a special guest coming to us at the end of this podcast telling about his thoughts. That is my nephew, Owen Woods. Yeah, big shout out to Owen for coming in and bringing the uh, perception of a an eight year old a, of an eight year old, it's which gonna is going to be fun. Yeah. So this uh, this week we looked at and watched and talked about Toy Story four. This is the latest release from Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animation. It's uh, the directorial debut of Josh Cooley, who has been a storyboard artist and worked on various other Pixar and uh, Disney. Uh, films. I think this is uh, an astronomical amount of weight to put on yourself for your first directorial debut is to come into this franchise. It stars... Uh, that's a real thing? Yeah, that's I a real thing. I didn't realize he that. He had never directed anything in, until this. He's and been they a, start him with yeah, this? Yeah, man. Jeez. That's a lot of, of that weight poor on guy. This stars, obviously, um, anyone who has seen these movies should not be surprised that Tom Hanks is in here reprising uh, the role as, of Woody. His last um, movie was The Post, so that's been about a year and a half. Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear, who's been uh, kind of in and out of Hollywood here in the last few few years. He he was on a television show that got canceled and kind uh, of yeah, it's, it came back though. It did last come back. Man, last, last Man, man standing. standing. Yep, it's and thing. That's pretty much all he's been doing recently. Annie Potts as uh, Bo Peep was last in Happy Anniversary, which is a movie I never even heard of. I don't know. And what that then is. Um, Tom Hale comes in from uh, Veep and Arrested Development to play Forky, which is a new addition to this, the Toy Story family with mm-hmm. this movie. This had a, a, a vast array of other actors reprising roles from previous films or minor roles throughout, including Key and Pill, who um, come in as Ducky and Bunny, Christina mm-hmm. Hendricks from the Mad Men franchise playing Gabby Gabby, and then finally Keanu Reeves playing Duke Kaboom. Last but definitely not least. Definitely not least. We, we're going to go into him. So I, I have some discussions around the cast I want to bring up in a little while, so that's why I kind of zipped through them this time as opposed to uh, sticking with them for a lot. So okay. let's I, when we get through our initial stuff, I'd like to come back and talk about just the cast in general before we get too deep into the movie. Cool. So as always, uh, Luke, you want to take a stab at what the budget is? for this so this is i guess this is our first animated um well fully animated not like pikachu and aladdin kind mm-hmm. of stuff so i have zero clue uh the big name actors all the marketing it's got to be in the hundreds of millions but i think i'm gonna go 150 150 okay it's 200 million dollars oh. for this um this movie is nine years after the last movie yep so i don't know if that's a byproduct of that they they wanted to re start through this or they wanted to get the story right to follow what was considered probably by most people the perfect ending to a franchise um any guess on what this has made so far opening weekend or have you cheated and looked at that no i haven't cheated and looked um i would say that i i think it's going to be under 100 million so i'm going to say well what yeah way under 100 million i'm going to say 60 million okay it is 179 million dollars in its first 
uh, week in theaters domestically, it's already reached $320 million really? internationally. And that's one week. That isn't the weekend. Is that breaking animated records? Um, it hasn't yet, actually, no. But it's it's getting up there. This actually did just push the Toy Story franchise into the billion-dollar mark as I of this week, that. too. So okay, all four cool. of those films have now produced a billion dollars for Pixar Disney over wow. since 1995 to today. So since uh, you, you were doing the budgets and you were also doing the Rotten Tomatoes and I just got really frustrated with you um, having preconceived notions of the movie, Yep. we're going to let the girls do a trivia for you. Okay. So girls? All right. So what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score um, for the critics was? Um, I'm going to say just based on the fact that I could see them getting trapped a little bit into being this a repeat formula. But still, with the performance and the measurement is, I'm going to put them 94%. Critic score, 98%. Wow, okay. 98. 98%. Okay. And what do you think for the audience? I was going to say 98% for the audience, actually. So. Audience, 94%. Wow, so I just got those backwards. <laughs> yes. That's pretty impressive. I'm a little shocked that audience has that that, that low. I, I figured this would be one that could tread the 100% line for a little while with the audience. That um, is a little bit lower than it was the other yes. day. It, so it yeah, was, it's gone down I imagine opening weekend, um, it was probably closer to 100%. Because I know that um, How to Train Your Dragons 3 was sitting at 100% for a while. So I think that the initial surge of uh, the audience is you like... You know, though, but I bet there's a lot of people from the audience perspective that are going to go into this with this movie should never have been made. And that's a question I have to actually start this off with. So why don't why don't we go into a real quick jot th- jolt through the, the plot, and yep. then um, let's talk about that question. Should this movie have been made? And then I, let's revisit that periodically through the conversation because i think that that is probably the biggest question surrounding toy story 4 yeah okay so let's start talking about the plot before we do that let's go ahead and get the spoiler warning out of the way yep. um I'm, i hope i don't spoil anything in just the plot but if that happens so sorry um so we will be talking in depth uh, throughout the movie you have been warned yes okay so the plot what are you drinking today luke Oh, and I forgot to mention our drinks. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I am sipping on some Mick Ultra Infusions, which is my new favorite thing. I've never even heard of that. It is lime and prickly pear cactus. <laughs> oh my god! Nothing screams manly like prickly pear cactus. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm do you doing. Uh, I'm doing Dos Equis, uh, purple Gatorade, and ibuprofen. Ooh, sounds like you had a fun night. Yeah, <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit today. <laughs> there you go. Okay, right. so uh, the plot. Let's talk about that. Yep. So this is the story of a of Bonnie. Um, who is the character that Andy gave all of his toys to. Yep. And she is going through kindergarten and kind of a new stage in her life. And this is the story of Woody trying to um, let her, have her go through her life in an enjoyable way. I, I actually... You want to give this one a, a go? I I do, actually. And I don't know... I'm, I'm torn on this. So, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a moment... And just kind of get a little deep into this point point of the um, discussion because, and just bear with me for two minutes because I took something from this initially that did not stick with me until the end. So my, if you would ask me, you know, right after we walked out of the movie, what was this, what was this about? And this was a message to children that basically says, if you lose your toys, it's okay. They have they have still purpose and they still have meaning and they're important. But I don't think that's what this movie is about at all. 
I think uh, this it movie... might be for kids, but it, for adults, it probably has. Okay, a, so a let's little let's talk. Thing. Let's talk to that. Is this movie a kids movie or is this an adult movie? I think this is the most adult geared Toy Story. Yeah, but I think that uh, it is still definitely a kids movie. Okay, so I I think this is the total opposite of what every Toy Story has been up to this, which is a kids movie that is designed to appeal to adults. I think this is an adult movie designed to appeal to kids, and I think there is a much harder lesson learned in this, and I think that there is a depth to this that on the surface when you walk out of this doesn't click necessarily so what i took from this in the end and i want you guys to argue with me but just give me two minutes to get through what i gotta say okay is that the first one of these movies came out in 1995 Mm -hmm. and and it built an almost immediate fan base from there and Mm -hmm. i feel like if you're a kid at that time let's say seven to ten years old and you're coming back to this now in 2019 you're 29 to 33 you're probably in the beginning stages of i would say your family building adult stage of life so what i got from this is that this is a message to the parents of today who grew up with toy story that this is less about toys has nothing really to do with that but more about how to uh, i'm gonna say let go in a world that's struggling so hard to make everything okay by holding too tight and i think that there's a part of this in the fact that it shows that bonnie and this is the kid that has the toys is going through a struggle with herself developing into social relationships with other kids and kind of using Woody as the substitute parents have to let the kid develop on their own because Woody couldn't let go of Bonnie. And and I feel like there's part of this that is the parent is going through a situation where they're not as relevant and not the center of attention that they once were to their kid. And that Woody is going through development with that and learning from that and how to adjust their later part of life, not being the pinpoint of that child's interest and necessarily affection. So I think this is all about, it's not a bad thing if you're not the apple of your kid's eye necessarily all the time and that you're allowed to have a different relationship after that. Okay. So let me chime in now. That was super dark and depressing and all that. I don't think it's a dark message. I think it's a learning message. It's absolutely not. But I'm going to say that my biggest complaint of this movie was that it was a darker Toy Story than any other one that's been around. It is and it isn't on some level. I think there's a maturity to this that didn't exist in the first There absolutely is, which took it away. Okay, so um the appealing to adults this is what i mean like it it brought down those deep emotions that are like sadness and uh letting things go it it brought those up in in a children's movie and i was like i don't want to do that i just want to laugh yeah but i see that's the thing is i think toy story is becoming a mechanism and a tool to help the generation that started as children with this continue to grow and adapt through a lesson not necessarily in a traditional manner so it's using this as a platform to get that whether that's right wrong or misguided i think that that was sort of the underlining thing i got for this is that it's okay to continue to grow because there wasn't a this story was not about an attachment of bonnie to her toys now Forky aside, I know you're going to jump on that, but what I'm saying is this is a movie more about woody adapting to not being the best thing in her life and giving and promoting that. And it's really, it's really kind of amazing that if you actually think about the story in a grand scheme of things that you could almost look as Buzz Lightyear being the figure of your, of the child getting a new friend and you not being necessarily there. And this is more about your child gaining independence 
and you not having to be there and being okay to grow without that. Oh, that's too much. So that's your plot. That is what I think the plot, that is not 15 seconds, but I think that's what this is. Oh my gosh. Ladies. What, what did you think the plot was? So I, I definitely, um, interpreted the movie to be largely based around Woody's feeling of no longer being useful. So I think that actually kind of ties in a lot to, um, what Gordon was saying. I hadn't really kind of put it together in that way, but I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then of course I think the other main theme is sort of the same one that we had in, um, not quite so in your face, but in, in, uh, the third one, which is like, hey kids don't throw your toys away they can be fun for other kids and you should right. donate them and whatever yeah. don't like and then this one i mean it's like right in your face like toys aren't trash right um, well i think that but, i think that so to piggyback off that for just a second i think that's pretty prime to say is that i do feel like the toy story franchise in the traditional sense ended with three the toy yeah, story did. ended with three yep this is now an expansion off of that and i don't think that's bad and i think that actually makes this movie work on a level where it probably shouldn't have Tatum, do you have any thoughts on the plot or anything like that? I have thoughts, but I feel like you guys covered most of them in the plot. Like, I do think it was a mix between your toys are valuable even when you've grown out of them or if they're broken or whatever. I think that they always have value. I also do think that this Toy Story had the most underlying messages in it for kids and for parents. Like, for a kid... It's going to make them not feel so like I don't have any friends or I can't I I find it hard to make friends right away. It's going to make them feel like they're not alone because they see her go through that in the movie. Um, whereas for parents, I do think it's also like a good lesson for them. Like your parent, your children are going to go through hard things. You don't have to coddle them or be worried because they're going to grow out of it and they're going to get through that. Right. So without going into specific uh, scenes, let me okay, just really quickly say, just so let me say this okay. real quick so we can set the stage for our listeners. This, this movie starts with Bonnie's experience of basically, and we can cut out the little beginning, you know, part and just say that this is basically, if we brought, if we break down the, the acts of the movie, it's Bonnie struggles with going to kindergarten for the first time. Bonnie creates a toy that basically diverts her insecurities around meeting new people she goes on a road trip with her family with her toys and struggles with losing and finding her toys and then ultimately ends up we see that life carries on in still somewhat of a beneficial manner for everyone involved that's, so those are the four main just booms in that's there. that's very true um all of that's really great however this is the most philosophical discussion we've ever had <laughs> And we're talking about Toy Story. But I think that's what makes it brilliant. On I, some it, no, it absolutely does. You're, you're right on that. But this is a children's movie designed for us to have a lot of fun. Well, let me ask and you we're this. Doing so that, that goes debates. into the very first thing I wrote down about this. And this goes to all you guys. So as an adult, these movies, I feel like, have been designed to basically, on some level, rip your heart out. And just basically be like, hey, we want you to remember and feel your childhood and just know in a good way that things are okay, regardless of if you lost what may have may not have been at some time your closest companion, which could have been a toy, could have been a dog. I think or that's Beanie interchangeable. Baby. That's or that mine. too. So <laughs> I just want to say, as, as an adult, did this even resonate on that same level like the first three did? Uh, to me, it did not. Um, I did not feel like this movie tugged at my heartstrings. Like yeah, I, I didn't was sad getting... at all with this. No, I didn't either. And I think that uh, from just... 
everything that I heard about this movie, which I hate hearing things uh, before a movie, I like going to see it like the day it comes out, so I can't get that. But everybody was discussing like, oh, you're going to love it. Bring some tissues. Yeah, I heard the same thing. And I just not once did I ever think, oh, I think I need to cry right now. Yeah. So I have a different opinion on that, but it's not because of what the movie was about. I think the sadness came from you realizing that Woody is probably not going to be a part of Toy Story anymore. And wait, which is kind of a spoiler, but like the way the movie ends, it's like, Woody is moving on. And so now Toy Story is turning into something completely different. And Woody is a huge part of that. I Okay, so great, great. I'm glad she said this because this is going to bring me out around to the, the cast discussion I want to have. and is Full-blown spoiler, by the way. There's the ending. Yeah, there is the ending. Sorry. So thanks. But that's fine. Um, is the cast relevant in this still? Because, and I mean that You're, from the sense The original that, cast? Yeah. Not really. Okay, okay. I'm glad we agree on that. Because basically, outside of maybe one or two things, which I think you could interchange with a new character or an existing character oh, on a sub-level, uh, take out, with the exception of Woody, probably no one else in that core group needed to be in this. I disagree well, Buzz, about Buzz. But, yeah. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think Buzz had as much depth to his part. I think he served as a... As a constant reminder in the let go piece, so sure. I really want to talk about. I think Buzz. at any given time, you take Buzz from fifteen to twenty minutes in to fifteen twenty minutes before it ends. It doesn't matter if it's Buzz or anyone else. So, um, just talking about Buzz for just one sure. second. Take it away, man. Did something happen to Buzz where he just got kind of dumb? Yeah, it felt that way. It like, did. Like I thought that from the first one, and he, and he comes to the room, and he still thinks he's a space ranger, and he goes through that whole transition. Um, in two and three, he begins to like really become part of the group and everything and just really hit his own. And in this one, it kind of felt like he reverted back to something. So that can I, I don't remember this and I haven't seen Toy Story 3. So there's a nine year gap between Toy Story 3 and 4 in terms of when it's released to us, the public. Right. So that's a significant amount of time. Did Buzz get reset at one point? Because I kind of have a vague memory that someone broke into the back of his programming yeah. and reset him. That's a thing that happened, but it, should that make him... I mean, maybe he lost some of his connection with everyone. Or maybe Buzz has just, he the, the Andy separation, just he didn't click as well with Bonnie. Maybe he's just reverting back into just a general toy state. I don't know. I, don't know. I think that maybe is putting a little bit too much into it. Honestly, I just took it like, I mean, there were, I feel like throughout his entire character, um, there's always been little things that he, he kind of didn't quite understand the same way and took too literally. Um, and I thought, I mean, I, the only situation i thought sort of was like that was the inner voice thing is that what you guys are talking about yeah, yeah it just I felt mean, like that like, was why, dumb. like I mean, I, he, if he doesn't know what a conscience is like right and and, and it was both... funny don't get me wrong i loved his inner voice scenes every time he pressed that button it, it was funny because mm-hmm. it was telling him exactly what to do at the right time yeah. it was making the story go forward essentially those were all really great but whenever he's just talking to woody and Woody's like that little voice in my head is telling me i've got to just make sure that bonnie's okay yeah and he's like what little voice and you're like, dude, like, where have you been? Yeah, like, I mean, I think part of this, if I got sad at any part of this, is I feel like actually the chemistry between Woody and Buzz was not as strong as it has been in previous movies. I'm not saying it wasn't there. Yeah. It just wasn't as strong. No, I get that. It, and it, I think it was just because Woody was so focused on Forky and Bonnie that he kind of drifted away from them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, okay, we're talking, when, we're, when we take a step back and we look at just sort of the progression of the movie, this movie opens... Um, in a little bit of a, I'm going to say, prologue state, we're seeing back in time. And I'm, I'm guessing this is between the second and third movie because Andy hasn't grown up. 
It's still when he's a little kid. Mm-hmm. And Bo Peep is basically given away because yep. Andy's younger sister no, no longer is scared of the dark. Yep. So that's how they get separated from Bo Peep. And then we flash forward to... I'm thinking this is shortly after Toy Story 3 because Bonnie's just going into kindergarten. So mm-hmm. she's just had the toys. We see a little time montage of her playing and sort of getting further and further away from Woody and more and more geared towards some of the other toys. Yep. Um, and that's fine. You know, it moves in that in that direction. And yeah. then she goes to kindergarten. So I, I want to start sort of the discussion around Bonnie and kindergarten because I just wrote down, and this is this is probably going to be conceived as a little hateful, but I just feel like Bonnie needed to try harder. I mean, and I get the shyness and the newness of kindergarten, but like there was no effort. And I mean, I'm not saying I know it's a five-year-old and it's kindergarten and yes, she's going to be shy, but I I don't, I don't feel like even a kindergarten teacher though would let a kid be isolated at that beginning over in a corner by themselves. No, probably not. Okay, so I could see you saying the teacher needs to try harder. The four or five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I've got something. I've got something. So let's... So, so we'll Hold on, see before you go point. there, yeah. did you look around in the classroom at all? Because there were some cool things going on in that classroom. I, gl- I, I glanced briefly. I was focused very much on Bonnie's mannerisms through this okay. because there was stuff that I was picking out on that because I knew that my discussion point around that was probably going to be met with some animosity. So my favorite thing about that, just looking around her class at her classmates, actually, besides, you know, they did really good things. They had the cochlear ear stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. But Boo from Monsters, Inc. was in her classroom. I, I missed that totally. And I was elbowing Tatum. I was like, look at her. Look at her now. And Tatum's like, oh, missed it. And I was like, no, look at her. And uh, <laughs> just, I, she just wouldn't, like, she would just pop up for just flashes of seconds. Oh, and man. I missed that totally. That, that's awesome. That, that made my movie. Yeah. No, that's Boo. really good. I love that Disney and Pixar kind of sprinkle stuff like that throughout all of theirs. And there's a huge theory about Pixar being yeah, interconnected and stuff. I love it. And I dwelled on that for a while. But, um. Yeah, so I and I say Bonnie needs to try harder just because like Bonnie Bonnie has sort of an isolationist mentality anyway, which is a five year old thing. She's super super quiet. She's very, very deep into her imaginary friends, and everything is dependent on these toys and their position within her life. So it's just what I mean try harder is that either the parents or the teacher more than likely need to start pushing her in a direction that doesn't become so codependent with these toys because it almost borderline unhealthy in, um, in some of this probably state. but i will say like whenever that boy came up to her and she's like hi i mean she says hi to him and it's like yeah let's start yeah, talking dude, okay, and the so dude just steals her art equipment if you had a tr- like a toy truck or something any toy you liked and you drop that and you guys are on a family vacation are your parents going to divert hours to look, help you look for your toy if it was ringo my beanie baby 100 percent. yeah mine definitely would not have yeah that's just probably a, a differentiator differentiator between yeah, our th- families but i don't think that's a bad i don't thing. know if it's a differentiation between the families as much as it is maybe the parenting styles between the 10 year gap between us and well, that, I also, that, that may I, or may not be i'm true not gonna too. say like if i threw ringo out the window i'm not gonna say that my parents would you know drive back to that spot yeah. however i would be throwing a tantrum and would be like, I just threw my thing out the window. My well, if Ringo was like, I don't know, a pencil with eyes glued to it, do you think they'd care as much as it being a stuffed animal no, or a baby? Wouldn't. No, that's fair. But I don't think that uh, they knew that Forky was committing suicide over and over. Well, she didn't either. I mean, Bonnie didn't. No, I'm I just saying. That, I'm that's... just saying. This is this to me is kind of it's it's a little it's a little hard for me to take sometimes because it's like basically the entirety of their diversion from their plans is based around a spork going missing. And I don't mean that from us. I mean that from the parents of this child. Um, I actually don't think that's the case. 
because I think that, you know, she was throwing little tantrums whenever, like, they were at a hotel or something, and they couldn't find them, and they're like, no, I'm sorry, let's go, and then something happens, like, oh, oh, I can't remember, but they were, Woody and Forky just happened to be laying right outside the door. Oh, yeah. So they didn't, like, go out of their way for that, and then further into the movie, the only reason why they were still at the... Uh, Ferris wheel or whatever the carnival was yep. because they had their tires slashed. That's true. I forgot about the so tires. There was things I totally were, forgot about that. That were stalling them. So, I so guess. what we've gotten to now is that you know she's gone through her opening day at kindergarten and to celebrate they're going on a road trip as a family and she brings all the toys along, which is not abnormal. Most kids you're, are going to be. You're missing the best scene if you're going to skip that though. Uh, we'll get to we'll get there. I'm not going back. I'm just okay. getting setting the stage. So. So in the progression of this, of leaving kindergarten and getting on this road trip, they get to a small town that has a carnival. Now, there is a lot of stuff that ensues between there and then, most probably important of which is Forky's creation and introduction to the group. Yeah. Yes. So I thought you were about to just like, start no, the carnival start or that. something, got... or like in the RV. No, what man. are you doing, man? I'm trying to give us a little bit of cushion to talk without losing everyone. We need, we need to hear, I'm trash. Like six times before we move on. Okay, so I learned a lot about you through this. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Oh, please so tell me. for the for the listening audience, there's a there's a spork that has been turned into a little um I don't I don't know a humanoid toy. figure that's yep. a toy, and it keeps trying relentlessly to throw itself in the trash over yes. and over and over and over again, and it yep. won't stop no matter how much. What he tries to stop him. He just keeps going in the trash. Keep going in the trash. Keep going in the trash. And about the 17th time we saw this, I leaned over and nudged uh, Marie and I was like, oh my God, this is TJ, which is your dog. Yeah. He will not stop. He so, won't. And, that's, and I was like, this is this is 100% TJ. Oh my gosh. Most people don't know my dog, especially the people that are listening. Yes. But so I if you want to know. this movie yeah. <laughs> and you see this critter going into the trash can, like... Hey, I need to, I just need it. I need to do this and nobody knows why. That's my dog. Yeah, that is 100% your dog's mentality. So it just was relentlessly throwing itself in the trash. And this is a very, while funny, um, kind of disturbing circumstance around this. This is absolutely was. This is basically this thing's creation and not understanding that it's not supposed to fulfill the purpose that it thought it was designed for. It was designed to be in trash. Yeah. Cuddly, warm. I think he said some like squishy or something. He was just like, I love trash. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. I, I chuckled through it. I laughed through it. And it was a good scene, but it was I also... Think, I thought it went a little overboard, but... No, it did. It, it beat that joke. Yeah, I mean, it, it beat that joke into submission and then kept pounding. So, I mean, it was good, though. I mean, I, I liked the part. So, they, so anything around that you want to go into more on Forky? I mean, Forky, to me, is the most perplexing character out of all of these. Uh, Forky, to me, I was super worried about whenever I, oh, yeah. I saw he looked it. I thought awful. he was going to be the most annoying thing. Awful in and the he trailers. he ended up being, like, exactly what they needed him to he, be. He, it, was, it was contained um, as well as it could be. And I, and I feel like it didn't overstep bounds. It gave a good sort of bridge between Woody and the crew and the new toys we meet at the carnival town, which yep. I'm ready to talk about those, those things the, as soon as you want. The scariest thing. Oh my God. The marionette puppet or the, whatever that is. His that, name was Vincent. I thought it was, made it so much I worse. thought it was Vincent and I, there was four of them and they were, oh, was they it were, I thought it was Vincent. No, it's I fine, think it whatever. was Vincent, but they were 
terrifying. They were so creepy. The I way like that the they made those things walk. Terrifying. Like, how did children survive exactly. the early, like, 40s and no, 50s? There was a, a scary character in Toy Story 1. It was, like, the spider The thing spider bed with the baby. baby? Vince, no, this was this worse. This thing was worse than that. I didn't even like... So these things would sit on a display case and serve as, it, like, it, watch guards. Yeah. And even that, I was like... Uh, no. I was waiting for it, and, I, and it might have done it, but I was waiting for it to go like Exorcist style, and their heads just mm-hmm. keep spinning as nothing else. Oh, they man. were horrible. They were so scary. That was worse than any... That, that that needs to be included in like the next Annabelle movie that comes up. Like Those things should just make a cameo. I don't care how, just make that happen. Those were terrifying. Or check, the new Chucky should have took notes. And, and you just, know what the weird thing is? is we And so I, one of the things I love about these movies more than anything else is that you get to hear kids losing their mind through these and like yeah, really getting super it. emotional. That's, that's always fun. That makes the experience so much better. I didn't hear a single kid get bothered by those, which makes me like, why does it creep us out so bad? And the other kids, I didn't hear any kid be like scary or anything yeah, like that. It was just, they were just, it was passive to them. Maybe, maybe because they haven't read goosebumps. I don't know. Those things were awful. Yeah, they were awful, but the, the, um, what was her name? Gabby Gabby? Gabby Gabby. Gabby Gabby, whenever she was in the stroller for their morning walk yeah. or whatever, and just like slowly doing a sit up, yeah. up to it, and then start talking, I thought we were about to face the most evil villain. Yeah, so what did you think about Gabby Gabby? So when you got that first impression, the most evil villain, did you, at what point did you kind of connect so okay hold on before we do that so we get through we get into this antique store and woody and forky get separated and basically over the the majority of the movie is woody trying to rescue forky to get forky back to bonnie and the only reason they got in there is because woody got distracted seeing bo peep's lamp and he was like oh man gotta see what she's up and i had kind of forgotten that bo peep and woody were a thing from toy story one they had made that that connection way yeah, back yeah. then. Oh, yeah. So that was way out of sight, out of mind for me. Mm-hmm. So when he was back to being like, you know, I'm you in could, love with Bo Peep. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, I do remember that relationship. Oh, yeah. So, so Forky is captured by uh, Gabby Gabby and these terrifying creatures from a hellscape that we've never known. Yep. Vincent, Benson, Benson. whatever. And, basically they don't even talk they don't just talk makes them they so just much make worse. like all the other toys i don't talk. like the way their them? legs moved any uh, part of it was awful they okay. leaned weird okay it was just move bad. on move on from but anyway it looked like the oh you know what it reminded me of have you ever seen silent hill no oh there's some that movie there's a nurse Who scene you think i am i'm going to make you watch a nurse scene from silent hill so and then we may come back and record a clip all it at the looks end like this. is that they tore their achilles off and yes. they were just dragging yeah, their it was ankles awful. but anyway so the movies uh how do we get forky out of here so in the progression of that, though, we meet up with Gabby Gabby. And I, and I interrupted you talking about her because did you feel like Gabby Gabby was evil through the majority of the movie? Were you on to the fact that she wasn't necessarily a bad person? Like, what what was your feelings on the progression of her character? Because I have um, so many mixed emotions about Gabby yeah, Gabby. Yeah, I would, I would just agree with that. I think I have a lot of mixed emotions, but I think in like from start to finish, if I would have known... Uh, what her character turns into i would have hated her the moment she stepped on screen okay i actually think if we're going to talk like philosophical wise sure I think why she's not the worst thing that could have happened to this movie because she's saying that you're not accepted uh if you have imperfections oh wow okay that that's my really point that's uh, okay, really tatum. insightful no that's really insightful so i'm gonna, I'm gonna credit tatum on that no, that's she really was. insightful we, we, we did talk about that on the way I, home after and we're like yeah that's like that's super messed up everybody else is like has all these imperfections they have cool things that are 
kind of uh, specific to them. And then this girl's like, no one's going to love me because I have this one thing that's wrong with me. Right. So I, I, and that's total, that's right in my face with all that. And I should have seen that. I went with Gabby Gabby being more the, you can't put your self worth based on someone else's opinion situation. So that's what I was getting out of Gabby Gabby, but on the surface. So not thinking philosophical through this entire movie when we thought she was bad and then maybe thought she wasn't. And then finally realized even up to the point that she got to the very end, every time I would look in her eyes, I'd be like demonic. Like, yeah. no, her eyes never once look trustworthy. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't trust you. You're acting really good, but your eyes look like a demon. Like, Which I'm... is exactly why I don't do those type of movies. And it's like for things like that, if that doll was sitting in my grandma's house and she asked me to stay the night, wouldn't do it. Yeah, Not a I chance. don't know, man. I, Gabby Gabby to me was just perplexing because I just, I wanted and I knew the story wanted me to trust her. But even up until the point she found her little girl, I didn't. I was like, she's going to murder that child after this movie. She might. So, okay, now that you're saying that, that's kind of interesting. Because I, I, as I was watching this, I remembered again that like one of the things I always thought was really cool was the way that when they had to kind of go back to like toy mode and freeze that like their eyes, like the toys, to- you know, Woody, whoever, like their eyes would basically, you could just tell like they weren't, yeah. it was like they weren't. Really they would all just yeah. unanimate. Yep. So that's fashion. interesting that like her eye, like I wonder if they didn't really do that very well with her. So she no, 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 it is. I think it's that style of, those, of toy. Yeah, it's that doll where like if you lift it, their eyes open well, and they she's bounce. She's just as creepy as those marionette dudes. Vincent, Vincent. She and is, absolutely. Yeah. But that's just old dolls in general because they're, so, they're all haunted now. So through this, through this though, because we're, we're, we're talking through characters, were there cop-out characters in here in your opinion? Because I have three very strong cop-out characters that uh, I know you you're going to know too. Characters? So the ones that are there just, just because we should get this person. Okay, I'm, I'm going to talk about Key and Peele. Yeah. I like Key and Peele. I think they're really Love good. Key and Peele. They did not need to be in this. No, they they wrecked that movie. Those were two of my least favorite characters in the movie. I really wish they had stuck with the comic relief being Buzz. I wish they had put more emphasis on Buzz Lightyear being the comic relief, making him a little more relevant. These two just drug this thing down. No, they had one good, what I thought was good, and granted, their first, like, uh, how do we get the keys scenario, mm-hmm. and they went through, like, just jumping on the old lady and, yeah. and robbing I, her. I laughed at that. Chuckled. Yeah. it was The first two were like, okay... The third one though was pretty freaking gold. Yeah, no, no, I mean, that, that was, was good. That little that little thing was there. It's just pretty much everything else. I was like, oh, we just don't need them around for this. Yeah, no, I agree. But just having them go through the scenario of driving home with the grandma, her taking a bath. Yeah. Like, are they going to attack her in the bath? <laughs> yeah, then no, her it was going good. to sleep, and then they show up. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I like that. Was, that. that was I great. Just, everything I mean, else they did was it could have been removed. All right, so my other third cop out, which I don't think anyone else is probably going to agree with as much, but was the McGiggles character, and this is the little this was a little companion that Bo Peep had. That was uh, I don't even remember what toy it was, but it was oh, like, the little cop. Yeah, I felt like that was so hard, like geared towards oh, Lego Movie Two was terrible. Well, we can fix that problem. That's what it felt like to me the moment she got on screen. What it just felt like she should have been in the Lego Movie, not this. Yeah, she shouldn't. Well, I, I mean. I don't know. The Lego movie could have been in this and it'd still be toys. But yeah, I know. But it's just, but, it, it didn't feel organic uh, to Toy she Story. She was fine. I think that Bo Peep was lonely and just needed somebody to talk to while she was out being a lost toy. So that's the only reason they brought her in. I don't think she did anything that I hated, but I don't think she did anything. I can't remember actually one joke she made. 
Yeah, so. I don't really. I, yeah, I actually don't have a single thing other than just having down McGiggles capitalize off Lego Movie Failure. So, like in my opinion, it just it wasn't there. Like I don't. She if she wasn't in this movie, this movie would have been the exact same thing. Like she didn't serve anything other than just to say Bo Peep wasn't totally alone, which to me could have been served by arguably one of the best additions to this, which was Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom was great. Duke Kaboom was killed it. It was really good. At first, I was like, I don't like this character, and it's not because because, doing poses. Yeah, he was just doing poses. I was like, this is a one-time joke that's gonna get terrible after a while. Yep. But when they snuck in the Kiana, whoa. Like, yep, I was, did. That was the best thing. That, that was, was the, the was that the very thing. end of the movie? I, I don't know. Man. I think it was I like remember. the very last thing you did. Was I was like, whoa, yes, <laughs> like this is this is genius. Between that and the um, and I don't remember this character in anything. The unicorn that was obsessed yes. with sending the dad to jail. Those are the two greatest new characters <laughs> that I recall from this. Yes, and that, that, all of that true. was really good. So okay, I mean, so before we get too far, yeah. um, I want I kind of want to go back to Gabby Gabby. Um, sure. And the person that she wanted to love her, which was, I think her name was Harmony. She was the antique store owner's granddaughter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who happened to be a ginger. Yeah. Which led to one of the scenes that I thought Gordon laughed out loud the hardest at. There was. I, I, and I, I skipped over it. But that is, <laughs> they were at the playground. Harmony is with her mom at the playground, uh, swinging a toy on the swing. And they have to stop. To reapply sunscreen. sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I busted out. And it like, was, ha, ha, Tatum, you, you have to do that too. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those moments too where because it wasn't a joke and because it was a transition it scene, it was. everything was quiet and I'm just erupting in the background. And like everyone around us was like, what's wrong with this kid? Like, <laughs> so good. Yeah. No, that was that was good. That that was I, I did put in after sunscreen. I was like, this is a lot like Luke's family between the sunscreen application with Tatum, <laughs> TJ's obsession with just with one thing, and then I, you're just sort of the all encompassing part of this movie. I was like, this this wraps up and appeals to Luke's life pretty That's dead funny. on. But um, no, so yeah, so we get to it. They rescue, and actually, no, let's not even get to the rescue. Let's talk about uh, the the quote unquote sacrifice that Woody has made in this, and whether that sacrifice even means anything from the status quo to the end. So I'm going to pick up from here, talk about all the way to the end of the movie, except for the last 30 seconds, which I want to end on. Okay. So in the progression of this, Woody realizes that Gabby Gabby actually doesn't have necessarily evil intentions. She's just putting, like you said, her self-worth on the fact that she has a broken voice box. Yep. So he goes through a conversation point with her after already trying to be ripped to shreds by her and her demonic minions of death. Um, to give, he's donating basically his voice box. He's becoming an imperfect toy mm-hmm. to make her perfect to appeal to something that ultimately doesn't even love her in the right. end. Yep. Um, which is a noble sacrifice, and I think it's actually pretty fitting farewell to Woody. I mean, if there's nothing else, Woody is the willing to sacrifice everything above and beyond himself yeah. to make it for the better. And the fact that he gets that release at the end, so he he does this for Gabby. He helps Gabby ultimately find a child. And then he lets go of his family and his friends in order to be happy with the woman he loves. Yep. So it's a really sweet story from that pers- perspective. But did, did like, I think, and I was a little biased on this because months ago, so, and this was before we enacted our no, you know, like our media blackout around this. I had read an article where Tom Hanks wasn't spoiling any of the movie, but he said he was brought to tears multiple times by the end of this and that he is worried that this is going to be too heavy and too sad for the audience. And I think 
the sacrifice that Woody made is noble, but it didn't hit me in a really sad way at all. Did it no, get you? No, because I was actually happy for him. Yeah, okay, I was too. So I think this is more about Tom Hanks also getting into the, I, I might be done with this. I but think Tatum, I see you what it was. Not going to lie, just like sitting here <laughs> talking about it and talking about like Woody's sacrifices and the fact that he's moving on and what like the... Him being noble and, like, wanting to take care of Bonnie, whatever it means, which is keeping Forky with her and then, like, trying to sacrifice for Gabby Gabby. Like, sitting here talking about it almost makes me more sad than it did in the movie. Like, reflecting on it does, which is probably why Tom Hanks was, like... This is really sad. Also, it like ends his era. It does. It does. Yeah. I think the thing with Ooh, this, though, does it though? Well, well I mean, that's a, well, for I don't a later know. discussion. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, I have. I yeah. It is. It is. It is for a later discussion. I just my thing. I think that the movie bobbled on. If it bobbled on anything, is the fact that he spent eighty percent of the movie not with all the toys he's lived with for yeah, twenty the years. Crew. It took away from the separation. I was already prepared for Woody not rejoining mm-hmm. them. Way before he decided not to rejoin them because I didn't have any time with them. Yeah, now, even, even the that very being beginning said, of the movie. Hold on, even in the very beginning of the movie, Bonnie had stopped including him right. in all the toys. I think had we said we're going to watch ten hours of Toy Story and we started with one and ended at four, this may have ripped me to pieces. Okay, yeah, that's fair, but. Having nine-year gaps in between this and the last movie, it it gives opportunity to to dull that pain. We didn't, and I'm assuming most other people didn't as well. Right. I know I'm interrupting a lot, so I'm going to stop. But I just feel like Woody's not being with the other characters and doing what he did was a necessary transition if they're going to continue making movies. I agree. So So do we have anything else around the plot of the movie or anything to that regard? Um, not really. I think the only thing that I have is more about non-movie aspects. Uh, that's not a non-plot aspects. Okay, that's Maria, fair. did you have anything? I think the only other thing probably that we didn't really touch on was the whole um, Lost Toys thing and the fact that, you know, Woody kind of found Bo Peep, like, just kind of living out in the wild and playing with kids in playgrounds and whatever, and he sort of assumed that because she wasn't living the life that he lived, that she must need rescuing and she must want to come back. But in reality, she was just like, no, like, this is great. I get to play with different kids every day. Nobody gets sick of me. You know, it doesn't matter if something breaks. I'm fine. It's just you put tape it back together and everyone's still happy to play with you. You know, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting interesting thing that we you know we haven't really yeah, talked about no, that I, I don't know if I have anything else to say on that. I, I think you either. feel like you covered that really well. I think it did give children the ability to say that a lost toy doesn't have a bad end. And I think that, I think if there's a kid's message in that, that's the perfect message to take away. And I think it did effectively drill drill that home. I I do. Um, So what I wanted to say though, just about the, the non plot details visually, this movie was the most impressive thing in terms of animation that I've seen in a long time. It was fantastic. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's hard for me to say that because I I don't feel like... I can't think of a Pixar movie that doesn't... That isn't on this level, right? I know that. And I know it's developed more through through this, but what I'm saying is... And I mean this from the perspective of I 100% agree with you because I feel like this company isn't geared as much towards money as it is perfection of their yeah, art no it absolutely is because like the textures and the shading and just the details of every single thing Everything. that they have is absolutely incredible and one of our friends kind of brought this up so i'm gonna steal it from him uh thanks brian 
but the texture on the road when Woody is dragging yes. Forky down. Oh, that down, was so good. It's it's just absolutely incredible that they can do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and it just opens up uh, literally a world where they can do anything. It really does, and it blows my mind if you try to think to the amount of man hours that probably goes into yeah, that texturing. Just, uh, yeah, that is <laughs> unbelievable. Which that's why it's two hundred million dollars. Yep. Okay, so let me ask some questions here. Uh, based on considering the new cast members and the old, do you think that this was the right cast for this movie? Um, I have one cast member change, and I think I said this in the trailer. Okay. I still would have preferred John Mulaney as Forky. I, I agree. I, I have never been a huge fan of um, Tom, Tony Hale. I just, I've never really gravitated toward him, and this was... This was easier to watch because I didn't have to see him. I think facially, like his facial expressions when he acts, it doesn't appeal to me at all. I do think John Mulaney would have been better as Forky. Mm-hmm. I don't know if John Mulaney would want to do that. Why? I just I don't. don't I, I just mean, don't, I don't know. Just... I just don't think his interest is doing family humor. Okay, well that's fair. I just thought that like him. Well, he did Spider Verse, but whatever. That's true. Uh, I just thought the him just saying I'm trash. I just pictured nothing but John Mulaney. No, I doing agree with that. you. And I, I mean, thought that that I just would have. Well, there were times harder, that I but... felt like I heard John Mulaney do. Yeah, that, exactly. Right? So I get with that. So from my perspective, no, I don't. I don't think you switch out anything other than you know. I'll, I'll agree with Luke. I think there are better people than Tony Hill that could have done Forky. I don't think he was bad at it. He wasn't bad. Um, um, yeah, I, sh- I should have started with that. He definitely didn't do a bad yeah. job as Forky. I've never liked Joan Cusack as uh, Jesse. That that's just that has been an all time grief point of mine through Cusack? all of it. It is right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just don't like her voice. I feel like Jesse's voice just doesn't has never met her visually. Like it just doesn't sync up in my mind. Yeah. That's a thing on me than not. So if I was going to switch anybody out, it would have been her. But I also in no way, shape, or form would have ever done that because I feel like every person should reprise the role they're doing in these. That's part of the charm to it. Yeah, which leads me into a fun fact around this movie that I want to bring up, which is Don Rickles, who yeah. passed away during the filming of this. He played the voice of Mr. Potato Head, mm-hmm. and he he enjoyed these movies so much and had had such a good time with these movies that he actually had his family and talked to his family beforehand this is from what i've read and hopefully this isn't f- fake but he he basically said i want i want these people to be able to go back and get a bunch of audio clips from me and sound engineer me as much as they can and so i can continue to finish this as mr potato head so i know that there was a a, a decent chunk of the budget that went towards that sound engineering and all of that so i think that was an incredible like little subplot subpoint to this is yeah. that don rickles wanted to make sure that he could finish the role as mr potato head which i think is why you don't swap out cast in this unless yeah, you have i to. absolutely agree with that but it's it in terms of the core characters though there really just wasn't that much of no. them no there wasn't so to get it was almost like they were just doing cameos at yep. that point which no it is, that's this definitely very easy wasn't. for them to yeah to get all those people back would you watch this again so um immediately after i would have said it's probably going to take me a little bit before i watch this again um i think that once this comes on netflix if it ever does or once this is in the uh black friday bin yep. yeah i'll snag it absolutely oh I'll i think watch I, i'll watch this again at any given time and i think it's because this is one that isn't going to leave me an emotional wreck afterwards it's a sad story but it's more of a happier ending for the adult population rather than the kids probably okay. yeah and i had fun with this it was there i think this is the first movie we've done since we started this podcast that i haven't had an eye roll moment i think You're, no you did because did? tea and pills oh yeah they were terrible because there was one part where they were like walking on a roof or something and they yeah. were like singing a song yeah, and I, right. I audibly heard you sigh yeah I did. so key and peel should have been jack black 
Yes. 100%. Jack Black. It should have been killed. one of them should have been Jack Black, and the other one should have been Jack Black auto tuned. <laughs> kind of both in there. Those characters didn't need to belong in this movie, so. Yeah. No. They should have served their purpose getting um, Woody to escape, or Buzz to escape. Excuse yeah, me. and that's And then it. they should have faded out. Yeah, gone. One small note on that. Like, I know other characters in the movie had this point as well but i think that they were good in showing that toys want kids yeah yes. they were. no i think they that's were. good yeah toys want kids and no matter how rough around the edges or where they come from they want a child to bond with i agree with that that's but, a good message uh, but... speaking to that point though and i know we weren't going to talk about kind of the end credit scenes yet but i think they could have still got those uh whatever they were the rabbit and the duck to a kid just using that method i agree and yeah. then they would have it would have solved their problems and it would have still done the same messages and everything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, do you think this deserves a sequel and what do you think that sequel should be? I I want you to answer this first you, because you I, first? I I do because I'm scared about my answer and I'm feeling like it's going to spark a little bit of conversation. But go All ahead. Right. So, here's what I think either could happen or um, what I think would be kind of cool if it did. So I think this is going to split into two things. One is a TV series on the new Disney uh, Plus, which oh. is going to be the original crew, actually. I think yeah. it's going to take that and, and their lives with Bonnies and the adventures that they're having. I agree. And then I think the if there is ever a sequel, it's going to be, it's actually going to be Woody. And it's not going to be the original crew. So that actually changes my answer a little bit. Because I do agree with you knowing that the Disney Plus is on the horizon and everything. I actually think that will do that. So why I said this is going to scare me is, yes, does this deserve a sequel? I don't I think d- the third one did, though. I don't either. I, yeah, I don't know. Because I don't think the third one did. But if Toy Story becomes less about a continuation of a story and more about these little one-off stories, then sure. Here's what I'm terrified of. And this is going all the way back to when we had the philosophical discussion around parenting and everything, right? Is that I'm worried that what they're already setting the stages for for Toy Story 5 is how to deal with bullying. Which I don't want that movie right now. Not in Toy Story. And I'm saying that because we know when we get back home, it's been a year. Because we see a transition point where Bonnie's coming home from the first grade. And she's bringing another Forky type character home. Meaning that her school situation has not changed. Uh, oh, okay. So I have a feeling that we are getting ready to spend a movie or two. Has it been a year or did she just go to her first grade? It said first grade. It did say first grade? Yeah. Okay, I missed that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that we're getting ready to go through a trilogy of a child who's not able to connect with other children, which I don't think is a bad story. I just don't know if I want it to be Toy Story that's the platform for that. I feel like, like, I feel like one of the things about this movie that made it where it was okay, despite the fact that it had the perfect ending at Toy Story 3, was that even if you had thrown every character out of this and replaced it with a brand new thing, you could still do this story effectively. Yeah, I, I think you could have. But I don't think it would have hit as much at the heartstrings of everyone, but you could have done it. I just don't know if I want to see the toys deal with that. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm scared that the future of this is going towards. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I. I wouldn't be mad if neither of the things that I said or neither or n- the thing that you said didn't happen. If right. they cut it now, I'd still be very happy, just like I was with Toy Story 3. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I do think that the original toys are probably going to end up on Disney+. Plus. I think that's very good guess. Well, they do. They do those things 
like already they've yeah. been on tv and they've done like holiday specials and all sorts of those things so yeah i think we'll be seeing them again sometime in the future well if they're making a billion dollars off four movies we're gonna see them yeah again. i know so that's just the, the Disney but you know way. what actually i'm gonna also say a third possibility in this is that it doesn't land on disney plus it doesn't go the route that I, the the very melancholy route i said and that we pick up toy story 5 with just a brand new set of toys that actually wouldn't be bad either the fact of the matter is, is like some of these actors are aging. And the thing is, though, now I'm going to just discount myself because this is one of the few instances where I feel like maybe there is part of the cast that just wants these to happen because they like doing these also. Yeah, no, that could definitely be the case. And yeah. uh, whenever you said that, it just like I immediately got frustrated because I feel like as soon as they go into something like that, where it's almost like a new story and new characters, you're going to be like, ah, oh, they're just ripping it off Toy Story 1. Well, I don't think it would be if they don't do the same movie. I know. My thing is, we don't have to pick up Toy Story 5. Let's say it goes that route. <clears throat> don't pick it up. Pick it up with the sandbox toys. That would be an interesting way to go. Those three dudes, by the way, what, the we didn't one? talk about those. Like the yeah. macho guys or I the like command them. guys were fantastic. Like you could pick up, I would be delighted to see sandbox toys for yeah. movie five, and we just don't go back. And Duke Kaboom. And Duke, and Duke Kaboom. Kaboom. You got to bring Duke Ka- Kaboom. Back. And his yeah. and his uh, short stint with Rajon. Oh, Rajon. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. good. All right. Uh, is there any other questions that uh, you guys think we need to answer? All right. Okay, so let's go into rating, which this is one of the moments I've been kind of dreading. So you're going to go first. Oh, I'm going to go first. Um, Okay, so I think from my perspective, there's not there's not really much to hate with this. Um, I don't. I would watch this again. I, I, I got nothing else to add in terms of my feelings towards it. This is an A. It's an A. It's an A. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's mine. Um, I did enjoy it. Uh, I laughed quite a few times. The storyline was good. Really, not a lot to complain about. I didn't have as much fun as I wanted to have in this movie because I thought there was too much dark underlying things going on with it. I'm giving this a seven. <sighs> okay, I'm I'm gonna. Mm. Let's hear it. Men in Black got a seven. No, I think they got a seven and a half. Then it got a, then that <clears throat> then you were a fool. No, I I think that there's a lot of things that uh, I go into movies and I and I think about and whenever I come out of there. I was not actually super excited to talk about the movie. Yeah, I, I actually mentioned to Marie on the drive home that I didn't know how we were going to discuss this because I felt like we were both going to like the movie. We were going to be struggling with the topical information around the movie. I want to make a note for people who don't know Luke very well that I feel like his scoring is based solely on how he feels after a movie and he doesn't want to in any way, shape, or form feel sad. If a movie makes him feel sad, he's going to grade it harsher. That's if it's true. a funny movie and he comes out and he's like... <laughs> Wow, I laughed a lot, and that was a lot of fun. He's going to grade it better, even if the movie itself wasn't that great. Okay, that's right. Fair. So it's this is almost like an entertainment. Yeah, score and for and, me. and that's the whole premise is that you're an entertainment yeah. guy, and I'm looking for the depth in it. So exactly. I can't I can't bash you for that. Exactly. Um, so I wasn't as entertained as I want to be. That does not mean that I didn't like the movie. And and in six months, whenever someone says Toy Story four, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a great movie. Okay. And it's, it's just another one of those to me where, you know, I think everything's great. And it was just because I was entertained during the time I watched it. Yep. All right. So um, I think that wraps you and I up. Let's let's give uh, Tatum and Maria an opportunity to say any closing words they'd like, unless you've got it all out. And then we can uh, start wrapping this thing up. 
overall, I would say I loved the movie. I, I enjoyed it. I, I went into it thinking there was no need to make this movie. The third one was the perfect ending. Why is this happening? And then I watched it and I was like, you know what? This is a totally different story. It's taking it in a completely different direction. I was very pleasantly surprised by Forky. A lot of this has already been said, but I feel the same way. The only other thing I I wanted to mention because I just got really excited when I saw it is that we talked about Annie Potts being Bo Peep and I had no idea who that was and I looked her up and she was Janine in Ghostbusters and oh, I yeah. was like, that yeah. is so cool. So I just <laughs> wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I actually have a lot of thoughts and we're trying to make them quick. For some reason, sitting here and us talking about the movie has made me like have so many more thoughts than I did like as soon as I left it. That's normal. Um, I don't know why. Like This is the first episode that you guys have done where... I'm, like, kind of confused on my thoughts, very split and torn. I disagree, I think, now with Gordon saying that he doesn't want this to be turned into something that's, like, teaching a bunch of lessons about bullying and da-da-da-da. The reason why is, like, Inside Out, for example, is a fantastic movie that teaches lessons. And I think that, like, we as a society kind of need those types of movies. I agree And... Uh, it helps, not that it's like helping parents learn how to parent, but it helps them show their children, this is what we're trying to tell you all along. Here, see it in a, in a way that you're going to understand it. And why not Toy Story? Because okay, of no, how that, popular that, that's it is. fair. Nope, I just, shut I think, up. She's still talking. No, I, I just want to ask her a question, though. Okay. Is, but is the reason I don't know if Toy Story is the right platform is because I, I still view, and this maybe is selfishly, Toy Story is geared at kids that were pre-tween or getting into tween in 1995 but i don't think it's always i think i think toy story is actually it is pretty timeless so timeless and it's growing i think all ages like toy story it doesn't matter whether you're five years old or you're 16 yeah i mean you gotta think shrek came out just a few years after that and 15 years later gold okay i don't think i would mind it turning that way but i also wouldn't mind it doing other things um really the only other thing that i want to mention is my favorite part because my favorite part oh we didn't talk about ours no we did we need to come back to that yeah sorry my favorite part was when woody is trying to walk forky down the street and forky has like half of a popsicle stick for each leg yeah um so he can't like take steps and so it's like like, Woody's like dragging him and then he hops up and tries to like hop for two seconds and then dragging him again and then like the next like cut scene Woody's finally carrying him after four like can you just pick me up already (laughs) so that's my favorite part no that was very good all right so let's do favorite and least favorite parts because we we both missed that entirely yeah we did okay so I have two favorite parts go for it um I have three favorite parts but one of them is not part of the movie (laughs) so my first favorite part um is the unicorn who finally got his moment when he thought the dad was going to go to jail (laughs) i thought whatever uh they make his dad which we didn't talk about that at all that was the worst day for that dad's entire life yeah he was just every single thing that could go wrong was go wrong. Yeah, there's was, no way he's that like, patient. Let's go, daughter. Daddy's got to say some words. Yeah. That just cracked me up on that. <laughs> so uh, the unicorn getting his moment, that was one of my favorite parts. Okay. Um, I've got more. Do you want to say yours first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go through yours. Uh, my second favorite part was actually in the, um, I guess, right before the post credit or not the post credit, but like the credit scene. Yep. Um, when Knifey comes home. Yeah. And Forky, you know, sees her just super infatuated with her, just just wants to love her. 
and she's like you know trash or whatever yeah. and he's like no we're a toy and she's like how are we alive yeah. oh wait, no, no no i just ruined all of that <laughs> ruined all of it but that yeah. scene he's like i will explain everything yeah. how are we alive i don't know yeah that was <laughs> a good one that part that was, was, a good one. was by far my favorite all right you do yours and then i'll say favorite my favorite part one. for me is actually a scene that i don't probably i don't know if this this hit everyone it, the, this was actually the most emotional scene that impacted me was woody saving rc which was Ooh, in yeah. the opening two minutes yeah, that was good that to me and the reason that was so good to me, and the, the reason, and it wasn't anything funny, it wasn't anything crazy. It's just it reinforced how close the bond of all of these toys are together. Mm-hmm. And that RC scene just it totally it totally brought all of that back in the most perfect way possible. Okay, so what was your least favorite? It's it's probably still just the overall duck and rabbit just scenes. Yep. I just I didn't like them, and it's not that Key and Peel were bad; they weren't unbearable. And if I said that earlier, I didn't really mean it. It's just they didn't feel necessary, and they mm-hmm. felt just a little out of place. Okay, so my least favorite, which, um, okay, I'm going to start it, and then I'm going to talk about it. My least favorite was how lax it seemed like the uh, people or the humans were with the toys being in different spots and doing different things. Yeah, they did kind of take away from sort of that. And Yeah, so yeah. like I remember like, you know, growing up as a kid, all of a sudden a toy was on the bed or something and then it was on the floor and I never thought anything of it and I'm assuming 4-year-old kids probably think the same thing like, oh, it must have just, you know, fell off the bed, whatever. Right. I believe things like that. But there's just random scenes where she's looking right next to her, she turns away and looks back, it's there. Yep. Or all of a sudden, it's right. The toys are right by the front door. Yeah, I like, noticed that did, too. Like, come on, a little bit. And then what reminded me of that though is whenever you were talking about the RC car rescue. Yeah, and they shut the that window. Was, that was egregious. That on the that, slinky. That was. And bad. I was like, you don't see a freaking toy sticking out no, the window. I I hundred. I wrote that down as a, I just said slinky. What? And I couldn't remember what that comment was. <laughs> like that was bad. And also yeah. that would seriously damage that toy. Well, I've thought about that since the first one because if I accidentally look at a slinky wrong, it starts bending and I can't get it untangled. So, yeah, you know, it's just it's slinky dog and he's always going to be perfect. Okay, so I have one more favorite thing. It's actually not about the movie. We don't typically do this and I'm just going to mention it anyway. Um, One of the things that I smiled and got most excited for was actually in the previews. Oh, and it was for Trolls 2. Yeah, wow. Which yeah, okay. I did not know was a thing. So I struggled bringing this up too because I actually wrote in here, we have to do Trolls World Tour. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what movie. We've got a schedule for the rest of the year. I think it said it's coming out this year. I, I don't care was. what's in that slot. We're doing Trolls. Yeah, no, we okay. are. No, okay, I'm 100% sure on board with you with that. Same Trolls was a movie, just full disclosure, Trolls was a movie I did not want to see. I, In fact, I actively fought against going to the theater. I fought against seeing it in my... Um, my fake niece, uh, Veda, big shout out Veda, uh, wanted to watch it one day. And because I can't say no to her, I sat down and watched it and I was pleasantly surprised. It's and incredible. this actually looked really good. So I'm actually pretty interested to see that one. It doesn't come out until 2020. Okay, so maybe nah, season two of nah. this okay. if we continue forward. That's fair. All right. So um, before we close this thing up, uh, and um, actually, no, wait, no, we need yeah. to hear from our good buddy Owen. So let's give yeah, him a buzz. So we're going to... Uh, Ask him some questions and get the thoughts of uh, this movie in the eyes of an eight-year-old. 
Okay, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you a couple questions. I just want you to tell us what, what you thought, and you can go on as long as you want. Just have fun with this. You ready, bud? Somebody ask me a question! Well, okay then. Uh, question one, what is your favorite part of the movie? Um, my favorite part about the movie, uh, I really liked the bunny and how crazy his ideas were. The duck was pretty funny, too. They imagined that they had laser eyes or something. And, like their ideas to get the key so that um in the shop i really think that was a funny part that i liked yeah those guys were pretty crazy um so what did you think the funniest part of the movie was the funniest part um i think the funniest part that i liked would actually be yeah i think it would be the bunny and the well also um the um skunk car that they rode around in was pretty cool and funny okay okay uh so who was your favorite character favorite character i think maybe that's a really hard question that i'm gonna answer my favorite character might yeah the bunny and the chicken i mean the duck and the bunny Okay, so buddy, do you think they should make another one of these? Yeah, but I want to see what it's like, not with the toys, but um, what it's like with Woody now in the like lost toy group. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think uh, both Gordon and I are, are very interested to see how that plays off. Yep. Um, so, okay, what's your who's your least favorite character? My least favorite character... Least favorite character was probably Woody. Just kidding. Um, at the end, that like Sporky's girlfriend, like the knife with the hair and stuff. Yeah, she wasn't that cool. All right. So, do you think Luke knows what a good movie is? Maybe. Thank you, Owen. I, I knew I knew we loved you for a reason. Okay, so do you like Gordon's beard? Yeah. This is really soft and puffy. All right, buddy. So it's it's time for the rating. On a scale of one to ten, what would you give this movie? Ten with eight more zeros. And why? Because the movie's good. All right, everyone. So that was Owen, and uh, so we'd like to give a special so shout Owen. out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So we'd like to give a special shout out to uh, Bonnie Easton and Brian Burdorf who attended this movie with us this week. We uh, always enjoy when others come out and share this experience with us, and, no and matter how awkward it gets at the end of it. All. And it's always very fun to have one of your friends be a main character's name in a movie. Oh, that's true. Because <laughs> as soon as it like comes up, you just stare at them. Yeah, kind of exactly. like whatever your friends like uh, one of the names on a math test. All right. Like, oh look, you're buying watermelons again. <laughs> And also, we'd Love like it. to say, you know, another very, very, very special uh, shout out to Owen Woods, who helped us with the uh, expertise and insight yep. um, have done it from the eyes of today's youth. Yes. So that's that's really big. So before we go into just uh, closing this thing out, we do want to talk about our schedule for the next two weeks because things are going to change a little drastically over the next 14 days. So, yes, they are. Um, for our listening audience, you'll know we usually release a trailer show on Monday and then a full episode review on Thursdays. And mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to mix it up as we approach the launch of Stranger Things 3. Woo! So Luke and I have done a couple of recap episodes on season one and two. We're not mm-hmm. talking in depth about the story, but more about the progression of the characters. Yep. And then we will do a full breakdown on Stranger Things 3. Yes. And then we will be going to what was the winner of our first throwback episode, which is 
Twilight. Ugh. Yeah, so we're we're gonna we're gonna hit a couple of uh, weeks off from the theater and do a little bit of small screen TV and uh, back to what was a national sensation 10, 10 years ago. Are you talking about what Twilight? That was ten years ago. That was ten years ago. Oh my god! So it was right around the time Toy Story three came out. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I, I'm yeah. not looking forward to that, <laughs> right. but I, yeah, it's going to yeah. be the worst. All right. We're currently streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Alexa, and iTunes. So pop on on, pop on, on? Pop, pop on, on over to any of those platforms and review or scribe or subscribe to our episodes. Check out our Instagram page at Dadgum and Rikus and our Facebook page at Dadgum and Rikus Review a Movie. And as always, send us your thoughts, comments, or questions to our email at dadgumandrikas at gmail.com. Or you can send like Facebook message. That's or true. We'll like take any forms of communication. Instagram or yell at us down the street. Yeah. And knock we'll, on our door. What we're getting burdened with these, da- these days is a lot of direct messaging Don't through text door, messaging. Apparently. So maybe we won't answer text messages anymore from people who want to talk about the movies with us that's good and we'll just bring them on here and if they don't listen to it they don't get their answer Woo. there we go anyway thanks everyone and uh we'll catch you again with uh, stranger things see you next time